Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Hey Sister. Hey Sister, how you doing? You are on mute, sister. I don't I'm know just talking. I see that I was on mute. So sorry. Um, I said I'm doing well, and the holidays are upon us, and I'm excited to be celebrating. Who said it? Uh, I think it was Tanika Ray said something like about grateful giving or something. She's changing the name. So because the other thing is rooted in, you know, oppression and things like that. Well, it is rooted in. But again, sometimes we have to take claim back to things. Right. Or we have to claim things. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, giving thanks. There's nothing wrong with giving. So if it's Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it, indigenous people, appreciation day, whatever you want to call it, go ahead and call it that. I'm looking forward to this annual tradition where our family comes together and fellowship, eat, drink and are merry and that ain't even christmas how about that <laughs> absolutely i agree well if you are tuning in let us know where you are watching hey sister from tonight we really thank you for those of you who have joined us live and those of you who are watching on the replay we thank you too for joining us tonight Remember to like, follow, share, subscribe, tell a friend about Hey Sister and how they can get in on the conversation. And for those of you who are live with us tonight, and even if you watch it in the replay, because we do like to go back and read the comments, um, get involved in the conversation in the comments. That's where all the action is. So with that being said, I'm, I'm wondering where this ponytail came from. What y'all think? I, I, what you doing over there, sister? I see you. Other side. And well, I mean, I've got to give you both angles. <laughs> She's hitting the angles. She's hitting the angles. Yeah, I'm trying something different because I wanted a ponytail last weekend for the game. I went home for the Southern University versus Jackson State University game. And I wanted to give me a little ponytail, but I had to take a YouTube tutorial. And I'm happy that I didn't even attempt last week because it took me way too long to do this. And this was, you know, and everybody, nobody seemed to know how to do it. Like when I was home. So, well, look, somebody thinks it's cute. Thank you, LS. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do it again. I saw a second tutorial and hers seemed a little bit easier than the first one that I relied on. So I think I'll do it again, but it probably will be a style after I've gotten my hair. Like if I flat iron my hair and it's like, a few days dirty and then i want to do something because yeah it was it was it was it worked okay hey listen it works for me it works for me so well you just whip that ponytail if you got to you know you can do something with that i was channeling my inner jasmine yes okay well, tonight we are going to start off in typical Hey Sister fashion with hot topics. We got some heavy hot topics. We have some lighter hot topics, but we definitely want to hear from you in our hot topics. So we we have to start off with this Rittenhouse verdict. Um, where resoundingly across all of the United States of America, every black household I know said one thing. 
You supposed to say what, what's not happening? not not surprised? Yeah, you go. Surprise. <laughs> Who was shocked? I mean, if you was watching anything, if you had been, and if you if you watched it out there, were you surprised? And if you were surprised, tell us why in the comments. Um, I certainly wasn't surprised. I can't even say that I was disappointed. The way that things had been set up, some of the things that the judge did not allow, some of the um, way with the, the jury instruction. It's just so many things that were set up that I was like, this, this boy who wants to play like a man and pretend or think he, he's been trained up in the authority of his whiteness and that he can get away with anything. And mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter. And so when people always say, well, they don't understand privilege and you know, he's not wealthy or this or that or whatever. So what they don't really understand privilege. The fact that a young man could illegally possess a weapon, but the law says he can carry the weapon, but illegally have this weapon because he was underage travel across the line say he's going to be a medic even though he's never been trained in anything and runs down and wants to protect property that's not his own that's nothing but audacity and privilege because if he would have stayed his ass at home none of those people would have died and what's interesting and i saw this tweet which i thought was so very very powerful about the circumstances was that in this chaos and in this protest and all of the looting and rioting and all the things that they say went on only people who got killed were killed by him how about that that is privilege personified yeah i mean so not surprised disgusted absolutely disgusted because to me it sets a dangerous precedent um you know talk to our father about this and one of the things that he mentioned is you know it is the it is time for lawmakers um politicians especially um you know, black politicians to now really talk through about how are we going to have some some different reforms overall. Um, and I know, look, there was the attempt, uh, what it was the George Floyd uh, Policing Act, I can't remember what the exact uh, name was, that was, was uh, voted down or, or wasn't voting on whatever it was it, it failed in in congress or what have you and, and policing is certainly an aspect of it but um you know for me i'm always like if if kenosha wisconsin is not a 90 percent white place i don't know how the jury is 90 percent white um you know what enraged me was the number of people who want to pretend that this has nothing to do with race because he killed two white people mm -hmm. like it all was because jacob blake was shot in the back seven times by white police officers jacob blake being a black man that's what the the protests were about in the first place mm -hmm. and it you know and then when people said, you know, I, I, I tweeted about like, 
man, because between that case and 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 then the the folks who killed Ahmad Arbery, it's like if people just stay at their house and mind their own business, like how that will take us far. And you know, the number of get some business and mind it. <laughs> and and the number of people who came at me on Twitter like, oh, you mean like Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Uh, listen. Y'all can miss me with all of that because yes, last time I checked, we have the right to peacefully protest. And anybody who's not peacefully protesting, they, by and large, if they're black, they're gonna get arrested. That is not a like thing that don't happen. That happens. So my aggravation. Or they might get tear gassed by the president of the United States, depending on who it is. Absolutely. So you know, or punched in the face, pushed down, like all of these things have happened. So to act like, you know, they, the protesters are the ones who should have stayed home. No, Kyle Rittenhouse should have stayed home. His mother should, with her, y'all gonna keep trying to tell me this woman is 38 years old with that leather face. She's not, but um, she should have stayed her leather face self home. And they should not have, and, 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 I really do hope, you know, I've heard heard on NPR earlier that there is the conversation about getting the Justice Department involved. I'm not even sure how that works at this point, but bringing charges on the mother. Um, because at the yeah, end of I mean, you, you talk about um, for a minor child uh, putting, you know, endangerment to a child that was endangerment to a child that you brought your child out there right and and like i said my my, my problem is if the police officers need a 17 year old to come in to from out of town to help them we got bigger to cry we got real problems but something that dl hewley said on tmz so apparently before the verdict was given he had already said pretty much yeah it's um he knew how it was gonna go right one of the things that he said that I thought was very interesting was why do we need to see the defense? Like, why why do we need to see them? Mm-hmm. If we're truly, if we want to truly take bias out of the conversation, because white jurors will see Kyle Rittenhouse and think, oh, he could be my son. He could be my nephew. They are going to think this poor kid. I mean, um, I had just seen another case about a young man, I believe, in New York who raped three g- underage girls and he's getting no punishment. He has to wear, he, I'm sorry, he has to register as a sex offender, um, but he doesn't have to serve any jail time. And his parents supposedly helped groom the girls by giving them alcohol and, and, and marijuana. And it was, and, and, and the, 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 the judge says, you know, I, I prayed about it and I thought about it long and hard. And I just, you just couldn't give him time. Like, I don't understand it. So I thought that what DL said was pretty intriguing. How about we pull, let's take some of this bias out. We don't need to see him at all. Present the facts of the case and then let's make a decision and let the chips fall where they may. Because, like you said, the privilege there is is it's maddening. That's Audacious. That's what it is. Well, we have a nope. Let's look how many people were surprised. Nope, no <laughs> surprise here. Over it. Yes, that's definitely a sentiment. 
but it's sad that we aren't surprised. Exactly. Right. That's what I was going to say. I don't want to be over it because Jesus be offense. No, I wasn't surprised. The judge was throwing that defense alley oops all day, every day. Um, he's white, period. Uh, I'm going to come back to that one. His mother's face is how you shouldn't live. And the Justice Department should look at the judge. Perhaps they should and judicial um, conduct and what have you. But I'm going to say this. Because one of the things that struck me, you know, I know that there will be civil lawsuits filed mm -hmm. and people were like, OK, well, they, he don't really have anything or whatever. But you know what? Ricky Schroeder paid for his defense. So we're going to just let Ricky Schroeder and um, Rick, girl, Silver Spoons. You didn't know that? No. Yes. <gasps> Ricky Schroeder paid for his defense. I, and oh, so between Richard Schroeder and John Boyd, I can't even watch one of my favorite movies growing up, Champ. I can't even watch the movie. I, I, like, well, I already knew John Boyd was crazy, but I, girl, all the years I've been devoted to Silver Spoon. Yes, ma'am. <sighs> your, your whole childhood just went out the window, didn't it? <laughs> okay. So, again, they have a support system. And just like with the OJ trial, because not just because he white, because he privilege comes in different formats. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that privilege, money, access. The thing is, we have to stop believing that these court systems is about finding truth or justice. It's about who presents the best case. Period. Full stop. Who presents the best case? That's what it's all about. And when prosecutors are overworked, underpaid, and 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 Ricky Schroeder is paying for the defense, there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. So, but and and this is the reason why, even though, so we wasn't surprised here, and even though we know OJ was despicable, we still feel like, well, at least we got one. Well, not even more, do we? <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. At least they had one. No, I no, I feel like well for a day. Well, not a day. It was more than a day. But that day, you felt what Black Americans have been feeling forever. But they didn't got they get back even with that. Like, I, what is our get back? When do we ever get equity? Something. I don't even want to call it equity. Let something. me get some of these comments up in okay. here. So first, those old white judges need to be removed, diversify the judiciary system with minority judges. I ain't calling us a minority. I'm going to call us with people of color. On another note, minorities need to participate more when they are called to be on a jury. Absolutely. But they ain't never picked me because I'd be like, no, uh-uh, you know, so they ain't picked me. I got to find the right script so they can pick me next time I get so I've, I've been called twice and I haven't been chosen. Um, stop trying to get out of it. Absolutely. Oh, you 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 surprised too about Ricky Schroeder? Yeah, boo, Ricky Schroeder. Yep, yep. You ain't know that? Yep, yep. Y'all boy, yep. He was just offered an internship. Let's see I saw that and, and go go to get an internship and go be mad because he ain't smart enough to perform. And then yeah. we're going to the Throw other the whole school show away. <laughs> yep. OJ didn't do it. Well, you know what, Sean? I'm going to say this. I 
actually agree with you. I think somebody else did that with him. He was there though. He was definitely there. He was I still there. He paid for it, but he he was there. He, I, I don't think he. he I, I still, it was, that was I ain't gonna tell y'all all my conspiracy. I ain't gonna be no conspiracy theorist <laughs> on here tonight. No spirit. We got a few more hot topics we got to get through. We're not gonna talk about that McMichael attorney acting a fool up in there because that's that's another trial. We're gonna see how it turned out. But we're going to talk about some more lighthearted stuff before we get into our real conversation for the night and bring our guests up. Um, if you haven't watched King Richard, watch King Richard. Now, while folks in the Twitterverse want to make a comment about why they want to make a movie about Venus and Serena and it's centered around a man, I wanted to punch this, this person in the throat who made that tweet, but I'm going to just say if you lived through it, if you were there at the time, if you were on that journey, um, you know, just being a few years older than them, I remember watching it all. I remember how their father was vilified. I remember all the things that everybody in the world of tennis said about Richard and for them to love their father, for them to tell the story and embrace what he did, the sacrifice he made, the sacrifices their mother made, the sacrifices they all made to be at this point and to celebrate that and to honor it is a powerful testament to Black love, Black families, and Black fatherhood. And yes, they do exist and they matter. Okay. That's what I got to say. Now, you haven't watched it yet. I have not watched it. Um, I wasn't until last night that I realized I could watch it on HBO Max. So, yes, I'm going to watch it. But yeah, I... so watch it on HBO Max. Buy a ticket so they can get some of that box office and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have made it into a miniseries. That it, yeah. Well, you know, who knows? There may be more in the works. I'm sure that there is more in the works. Another movie in the streaming world, but this one got on my last. Oh, my last. Oh, my last. Did you see Passing People? I'm going to let you talk about this one. I know. I, I, I watched it. I haven't read the book. So because I haven't read the book, I went into it just knowing that it was about passing, but that was about it. Um so needless to say my sister didn't like it. <laughs> it you know it, i will say this it wasn't the worst i was like what's the point the point again was what she said we all, all of us something. are passing for something gotcha. that was the point Again, I had a wonderful, I'll have to tell you about this, conversation with my parents. Um, you know, we were talking about this whole, you know, the, the, the narrative that we're told about Native Americans and Blacks um, in their relationship. And many of us are passing to for being Pap Cherokee and two-thirds Choctaw. I mean, because... I mean, look at the ponytail, sister. You know you got Indian in your family. <laughs> because it's a lot easier. It feels a lot more comfortable to say that instead of saying, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that my great-grandparent mother was raped by a white guy. Like, that just feels different. Yeah. 
It, it does feel different. Or that even some of those native people didn't want us uh, around either and and enslaved some of us. But we go. That was the conversation. All right. Oh, my gosh. King Richard is amazing. I didn't know he was from Shreveport. Didn't know how they grew up in Florida. Yes. Yeah. Passing is a show. It's a movie based on a book of the same name. And it is out on Netflix right mm -hmm. now. I like passing, and I read the book in college. That's because you went to that girls' college over there in Atlanta named Spellman. That's why you read it, because you know many of them. Let me stop talking about the people from Spellman, because I know many of the people from Xavier's was passing too. <laughs> oh. So you watched it today, yes, um, yes. Well, tell us what you thought, Sean, because you have an intriguing. You would have an. I would love to hear your perspective. hear your perspective on that. So. Um, last hot topic before we bring on our guests, and I know we've kind of dragged on a little bit, but I do have to tell y'all, music lovers, you win. The last two weeks, we have had two of the best, two of the most complete albums drop. Silk Sonic on November 12th. Adele 30 on November 19th. If you can read those lyrics, especially on Adele, because I had to go back and tell my daughter, listen, I've been rocking with Adele since 19. I got Adele 19, 21, 25, and 30. Listen, it is one of the most complete. If you like music, if you like storytelling in a song, both of these one is a throwback to the 70s and classics and love songs as well as breakup songs because you know I, that that um smoking out the window just reminds me of like zoom and sail on because if y'all didn't know zoom and sail on were break on breakup songs y'all better go back and listen to the lyrics of zoom and sail on okay because lana richard was talking about uh i'm about to leave you they are the most, they, two of the most complete albums out there, and I am here for it. If you love music, go check them out. Well, again, I would like you to tell me how to check them out, because here's the thing. You all are going to think I'm crazy, but I really just don't know where you get out albums from anymore. Like, I listen to Spotify, I listen to... um pandora i listen to these things but uh, short of just purchasing them how do you listen to the whole album can you just go on you go to spotify you look up the artists and you look up discography and all of the albums they've ever created is there and you press play oh i didn't know that sister sorry i don't look at it like i only Apple music same thing well i had to end my apple music subscription because they wanted to charge me and i so felt then you can buy from apple directly if you don't want to do the subscription you can buy the album off of apple pay the 14.99 all right well that's all i'm saying i ain't know no more i didn't know that people were still buying albums i just thought people were getting paid off of off of videos that played during us watching them on youtube <laughs> i don't know because I, like I, I have not downloaded to my Apple Music library an album in I don't know how long. Yes. Gotcha. And on and Spotify and Pandora, I only listen, I listen to curated stuff. Yes. 
All right, I know now. I got Thank you. you. I got you. You don't have to try to play me like that. All right, it's cool. And you can also and you can also Google bounce version of Adele songs, and they already got bounce versions <laughs> of songs on this album. How about that? <laughs> well, I think whatever that little my little love song you had me listen to, it really does feel very. I I I I heard that could have been a Mary J. Blige song for me. I think Not, that could have been a Mary J. Blige song. And the other one, you ain't never had a well, woman like me. I mean, Adele, don't get me wrong. I mean, Adele's voice is amazing. So I ain't saying, but I'm saying what I heard, what I heard. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to let you introduce our guest so before we bring her up. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so everyone, I just want to introduce you all to my good, good, good friend, fellow tall girl, Miss Kaya Hamilton Jackson, who has written a book called Chasing Rainbows to tell us about her journey to becoming a mother. And I, you know, she has such an incredible story that I just felt like it was something that we should absolutely share with our Hey Sister audience. So welcome, Miss Kaya Hamilton Jackson. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Don't talk <laughs> about me. I am in the car. It's been a, it's, how you guys do? <laughs> you on a journey. Clearly, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I have. But that's why you're here tonight to tell us all about your journey, right? Absolutely. I started in Houston this morning. I'm in Atlanta right now. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's always a journey. You have to keep moving, though. That's the thing. You have to, you have to keep going. But Absolutely. how y'all doing? Good. We are doing good. We are doing good. We're so glad to have you with us. And we want you to um, just dive right in and tell us about your story. So we know that you had a journey to motherhood. Um, like many, I have, I have several people who I know who have struggled with infertility. And it is something that is usually spoken about in whispers. And so we Absolutely. want to, we want to like, no, we, we need to have normalize these hard conversations. We need to pull the covers back and we need to talk about these things openly because still, I think it's like uh, about 10% of couples have some struggle with it. So it's not like it's uncommon. I'm sure the number is probably higher than that. It's probably hovering at about 10 because like you say, it's not spoken of. It's so hush, it's so, you know, it's like a little secret society, but you have no idea how big the society is until you know. Mm -hmm. So like back, um, well, I know back during the journey, I would make a post or I've made a post before about things during the journey and I would get like on social media and I would get like inboxes from people here and there and it's just like no idea that they were struggling or just whatever. So it's just really shocking to learn as time goes on. But um, just to give, I don't know where to start. Where should I start, Christina? I don't. Start at well, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Start at the beginning. Um, so, well, let me say this. When I first recognized so, that you had had struggles. Okay. The uh -oh, journey started. Go ahead. Uh -oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, so I would say it started 2010. We'll say 2010 was 
my first pregnancy shortly after getting married. Um, we got married in April. I got my first positive pregnancy test in July, I believe it was. Maybe a week or so after the positive pregnancy test, there was a miscarriage. Um, so then that happened. And so then after that, it was more of just trying. And when I say trying, like trying to have a baby turned into like a full-time job in my mind is how it felt like you become obsessed basically um because it's like this is supposed to be the most natural thing in the world for a woman to do and clearly women are supposed to have babies because look at the world i mean who populated the world if women didn't have babies right so it's like i can do anything this can't be something i can't do it's just impossible to believe that that was a thing and so I mean, like obsession, like knowing when I was going to, I could tell you when I was going to ovulate two years from now, like that's how, like it became a job, like I was serious about it. And so, you know, just fast forward, just going and going and going. So you get pregnant, you have miscarriages, things like that, or you get pregnant and then you know, it goes so far and you have DNCs, which are like procedures to get rid of pregnancies or non-pregnancies, all of that. And so um, the process just went over time. Like I said, from 2009 to 2016, um, we did, oh, let me back up. So what, well, no, we did have, um, I would say a successful, well, I got pregnant in 2011. Um, that was with our daughter and I made it, I went in for, um, they do an anatomy scan at 20 weeks. And so I went in for my 20 week anatomy scan and that's when they learned that my cervix was opening. So basically my body was starting to prepare for labor, but it was preparing too early. And so the thing with um, the cervix, you don't find out you have an incompetent cervix, which is what I was later diagnosed with until the cervix is, cervix is already incompetent, right? Mm -hmm. So went in for that at 21 weeks, delivered eating at 23 weeks, um, but she didn't make it. So we had a loss at 23 weeks in 2011. And so then after that, it was like, okay, game on. I see you, I raise you, you know? So like I said, of course, it's obsession. You get the monitors, you take the pills, you join the sites, you join the groups, you read the books. I mean, it's, it's obsessive. Um, I meet people along the way who told me they've mortgaged houses, they've run through like savings, um, retirement plans, just all sorts of things like to have a baby or to think, you wouldn't think it would be that much of a struggle just because, like I say, there's how many millions of people in the world? You just would not think this was an issue. So um, we go on, you know, and then it's like, okay, you get, fo I get focused. We get focused. My husband and I, weight loss happens. And then it's like, oh, what? No, I, I back up. So very important. And try not to get into too many people's business, but people that I know or that I feel I can trust, you know, they they trust me and we can have this conversation. You learn in biology or anatomy, you don't really pay attention that you are born with whatever eggs you are going to have for your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, 
at a certain point, as you get older, the eggs get older. Um, so, you know, as time goes on, you know, you get married and then you go to have a child. Well, as the body gets older, no one really tells you about that. And so what I'm saying is I learned that my egg reserve was low. I did not have a lot of eggs left. And of the eggs that were left, were they quality eggs? You don't know unless you have them tested, and that's a process in itself. So then IVF comes about, which is in vitro fertilization. Um, the process itself is not expensive, but the medications are very expensive. So if you're looking for stocks to buy, buy them in that because they are very, very expensive. Um, so we do in vitro fertilization, um, but there were other trials before that. You have IUI. There's so many reproductive measures out there, medications, processes. There's a lot out there, some cheaper than others, some more successful than others. So we did do the um, IVF cycle. So with IVF, like I said, in vitro fertilization, they give you medications to stimulate the ovaries to produce the eggs they go in and harvest the eggs and so with IVF they did give the medication to give me the best chance possible to produce as many eggs in this already this hen that's not producing many eggs anyway they're gonna give me the best chance possible so we go in you get the medication so we were able to produce nine eggs we harvested nine eggs um we got seven to the point of being fertilized, right? So they fertilize seven and there's stages. The eggs have to go through stages even in, with in vitro to get to the point of being transferred back to the mother to be placed in uterus. So we have nine eggs, we get seven fertilized, we get to the point where there's five that are good enough to be transferred. So the first time we transfer two, we wait two weeks later we take the test i'm not pregnant devastating again it's like all this money all this time so you're thinking this and so you think well we have three eggs left well then when it's time to freeze because like i said there's still that process and they test those eggs we are only able to freeze two of those so remember we started with nine right mm -hmm. so we freeze those two we go on I refocus my mind, refocus my energy. Weight loss happens. All of these things happen. So I lose weight after. So all of this happened after losing Eden in 2011. So I lose weight. Weight loss comes and we get to a point of saying, okay, well, one day I look up and I was like, where's my cycle? Realized there was no cycle. So I was like, okay, let me just take a test. Right. Go take the test. Boom. I'm pregnant. Wasn't even trying. Well, I got a positive pregnancy test. Let's say that we got a positive result. So then I go to the doctor and my doctor, bless his heart, Paul Cook, wouldn't trade him for the world. I go and I know it's because it's me and he just is so patient and so kind. But I think I got to what would have been probably about 11 weeks with me going every week. And I'm just like. We're going to see something today. We're going to see a heartbeat. So basically, that's like a blighted ovum. Like I have a positive, it's like a chemical pregnancy. So there's a pregnancy, but there's not. The egg 
it, it did nothing. And so finally, I put my big girl panties on again. I was like, okay, it's not. So then that's when the DNC comes in, which is a procedure to clean out the uterus, take out whatever is not there. You know, so we did all of that. And so then after that, about six months or so, maybe a year later, I was like, okay, we still have, no, it came up time because when you freeze the eggs, you have to pay to have the eggs frozen. Well, it was coming up time to re-up on my baby's rent. And so it was like, are we going to pay their rent again? Are we going to give an eviction notice and we're going to do the transfer? It's like, we might as well do the transfer. Let's see what happens. So that's what we did. We went in. So frustrated. It was another process, medications, the doctors, because you go through fertility specialists, right? So you go to the doctor and they do a whole process of going to the doctor. I know I was going to the doctor at one point every day because there is a measuring of the lining of the uterus, how thick it is. There's blood. I've given so much blood. I should be a vampire. Like I have given so much blood. Um, so they're doing all these tests. I'm going to the doctor literally like every day. And so we get to one point, I even started acupuncture. When I tell you there's so much out there that you can try and that you can do and it happens. Um, so we go, I'm getting to the point of thinking we're about to have the transfer. I go in to see my doctor. We're about three weeks into this process. And he says, nah, I don't like, I don't like the numbers I'm getting with your uterus. I don't like the thickness of your uterus, the lining of it. I need this to be a little thicker. We just gonna scratch this cycle and start over. Hmm. What? So mm -hmm. when I say this is, it sounds probably okay he's giving you the best chance but to say we're going to scratch this cycle and start over we're talking about already like four weeks in of like taking pills giving shots going to the doctor and this is so tedious and it's so stringent to like they put you on birth control everything is controlled you go on birth control for this many days this many weeks you stop on this day you have to take a shot for this on this day you have to take a trigger shot like it's all so very methodical so when you see people who make a post about being pregnant and they may announce their pregnancy with needles and syringes and vials from medication it's real like it's it's a process it's work you have to do it so all of that we scratched that cycle i broke a phone during that cycle my line had our reunion i went to our reunion then i left walgreens they didn't get my medication right i went in the bathroom at david street off of almeda and cried my eyes out and patted my makeup and came back out and went to our line then and nobody ever knew what was going on except for my line sister who was in the car with me so it's like you just have you, you just keep going because you figure you can't say anything. You don't you don't want to ruin anybody else's time. No one else understands. So you think so you just go. Well, then we get to the other side of that transfer happens. The final two eggs and then you get the rainbow. So that's like a cliff nose version. That's a very abbreviated version, but it's a lot. But the book came about chasing rainbows because after there is a loss miscarriage stillbirth you know any pregnancy and there's a loss and you have a successful pregnancy from there that subsequent child is called your rainbow baby or rainbow pregnancy and so the book is called chasing rainbows because that's exactly what i was doing 
I was chasing rainbows because each subsequent pregnancy after July of 2010 was a rainbow. Mm. So that's where the book comes from. And um, if anyone is friends with us on social media, if you know, I had I, so many people since my husband comes to homecoming, they'd be like, oh, I met the king because everything is king and queen between the two of us. And so the book is based on the king and queen and it just kind of abbreviates the process of going through trying to have a baby, trying to get pregnant. And so it just tells the story of them chasing their rainbow and eventually getting to the successful pot of gold, to the successful pot of having a rainbow. So that's where the story comes from. Well, congratulations, first and foremost. Uh, I know. Um, He's sleeping. Yes. <laughs> he is worn out. Yes. Uh, Mr. Kaysen is, uh, you know, your. Everybody knows Kaysen. Yes. yes. He is everything. He yeah. is everything. So. so, with the book Chasing Rainbows, what made you decide that you wanted to even tell the story because like we started off this is not something that a lot of people talk about outside of the the special communities of everyone who's already in that club um i i got to the point of just even being able to tell the story i guess haphazardly like i said when i would make a post about our daughter and there would be people each time I'd make the post because she would be 10 this year. So people would be like, I didn't know you had a baby or I didn't know you had a daughter. And so when I tell people, Kaysen was pregnancy number seven. And or even when you go to the doctor and you go places and they'll ask if you have children. Yes, I have one. And they'll ask how many pregnancies and then you say seven. And I can always tell when people get to that portion of the paperwork because they look up at me. You can mm -hmm. always tell. It's like they want to look at you and just be like, it's like you're a unicorn. I don't know, but it, it, there's always a reaction. Um, so I guess over time with people reaching out, asking what I did, how I did, and the sh stronger I got with talking about it, because I couldn't always talk about it. It wasn't, it, it just, you just couldn't. I mean, I hated going to, the doctor for annual exams. I hated going to Best Buy because there was a Babies R Us in the parking lot. So there was always a pregnant, like there's always, it just felt like pregnant people were everywhere. Pregnant mm. people were just like falling out of the sky and it just was so aggravating. So, but um, just over time, people reaching out and having to tap into my strength to be able to assist other people because I'm a therapist as well. So this comes up in therapy know so um just getting stronger with that and then i have a friend denisha she wrote a book and i asked her i was like the process and when she told me what she did and just how easy it was really to do i was like okay i'm gonna do this and she told me about it christina funny thing is we were at sand's birthday dinner and mm. she told me about it and i went home and she gave me that person's information to contact to get them to do it. And I literally sat in the bed after dinner with them. And I wrote this story in like maybe an hour. Wow. And it was much more detailed. But when I finished it and the guy said the rough draft, my husband was like, 
baby. This you you can't. It's too much. But I had to write that much to get the story told for the illustrations for him to understand what I was needing it to look like. And so mm-hmm. then after that, I had to go back and like change hats and like abbreviate and you know fill in different things. But just to be able to do it. Once I found out how easy it was, I was like, I want to do like a children's book to be able to just help families to be able to explain to children. Because I used to toy with and I still go back and forth when people ask, how many children do you have? Do I say one? Do I say two? Because then when you say two and they see one, then you have to explain that the other one is deceased. And then it's the, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, so all of that. Um, and just for people to be able to talk about it because some people continue to chase rainbows and they never get their rainbow but then you always have family members or people or co-workers who are always like why don't you have any kids or you need to have some more kids and it's like you need to mind your business because you don't know so right. it's kind of like um, just not knowing and I and I have friends like close friends who like I said don't know I've been pregnant seven times um there are a lot of people who didn't know I was pregnant with Kaysen and I saw that my staff were angry with me at work at the time because they were like boss how did you hide this from me like at one point I was like, I'm going to just show up with a baby. I'm going to be like Phaedra. I'm going to just have a sip and see. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody. And so I was just like, no. But then, you know, my mom was like, no, you can't do it. Because through that process, I remember one of those times I did go to the doctor at the Fertility Institute with a specialty doctor. And one of the doctors, bless his heart, he did not mean any harm. But with, like I said, my egg reserve being low, he told me my best bet was going to probably to get a donor egg and I was like what do you mean a donor egg like go get somebody else's egg and put it in me like it's my baby like in my mind I was gonna be like I'm gonna know that's not my baby like it was just at that time it was unfathomable I could not but I do know people who have and just going through the process in hindsight is not as far-fetched as it felt in the moment well, then, you know, after leaving that appointment, I remember calling my mom and I was I couldn't even talk. I was crying so hard. And then when I finally was able to tell her what was said and what was going on, she was like, no, she was like the guy we serve is different. She was like, we just need one. That's all we need is one. We don't need 12 eggs. We don't need a dozen eggs. You don't need a baker's. Do- we just need one. We just asking for one egg. And I'm just like. But basically, you know me, Christine. I'm clowning. I'm like, but they told me my eggs powdered. And she was like, that is not what they told you. But that was how it felt. Like, you know, it's not going to happen. And just the support of, just the support of everyone. It just is, I don't know. I, I just felt like I needed to tell. And I had people to ask, you know, why didn't you tell it, I guess, Cause it's, it's a children's book. It's a family help book. It's very, you know, it's broke. And they were like, why don't you tell like from a biography standpoint, there's so much I can't even remember. Like there's so much I can't even piece together because it was so much. So to try to bring that together, to give it to adults in an adult form, 
I don't I would probably have to go in like hypnosis to dig that deep to like pull up some of that stuff because it just runs together and it feel like it just was just happening, like happening to me versus me going through it, if it makes sense. Yeah. So one of the things you said was, you know, you are a, a licensed marriage family therapist. Um, I'm a licensed psychotherapist. So I do marriage and family. I do serious mental illness. I do all of like full gaming, okay. just all so, of it. Yes. So you, you deal with the mentals, right? Yes. And one of the yes. challenges um, in, in at least people who have, I've had this conversation with um, is the mentals and the impact that it also has on the relationship. So you and your husband, the impact on your relationship, how did you guys manage? Because many, many couples don't make it through this process. My husband deserves like a Nobel Peace Prize just for that. Like he was amazing. He, I, I felt broken and defeated and I'm like I can't give you a baby and he was like I didn't marry you to give me babies like if we can't it's fine we can adopt one we can go get one we have nieces and nephews like that was never he was so supportive and I used and it was a point I had to stop and wonder when does he grieve when does he feel because I never saw it I know that I'm sure that he did but I never saw it. He was always strong, just like a pillar of strength for me. So I, it just, it, that never caused us to waver or he never got upset. Now, I mean, I would have to honestly say not just too much TMI. Like I said, it became a full-time job. I think he used to hide from me sometimes and be like, leave me alone. But yeah, it was it was like oh we got we got like forty eight hours we got seventy like I had that thing down to hours like taking temperature everything, thermometers charts, all of that. I I'm, I mean so like all of my friends know if they call I was like, I think I'm pregnant or I am pregnant. I had a friend not too long ago. She was like I'm pregnant and she was like I gotta go see how many weeks I am. I said girl no you don't give me your last cycle. Bop 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 bop. I broke that thing down and she got to. <laughs> The doctor, she, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, it was down to a science. I had it down to a science. So you had the exact like um, time, right? For my friend? Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew how many weeks she was like to the day, because it'll be they'll tell you you like four weeks, three. It's like four, three, and something. So they do, and what is it? I can't remember. It's like you four. So it counts up to the week because every day matters. So you are like 28, four, and one. I don't know what that third number is. So you're like 28 and four. So you're 28 weeks and your fourth day leading into that 29th week. Oh, yeah. Because it matters. It matters down to the day. And so with just science and technology, you have like um, age of viability. So there's a certain week and those weeks are getting shorter. So, um, you know, and it, it's just funny because things happen in different ways. Because like I said, I was 23 weeks in 2011 when I had Eden and she didn't make it. But Christina, Marissa was born in 23 weeks in 77 and she's alive and well. I mean, she may be a little mental. I mean, if you know Marissa, but, um, but I mean, I'm just saying it's just, 
you know, it's just different times and it just happens in different ways. And that's just how it goes. But um, I do plan to tell more of it. I've had some people to just reach out and, you know, it's like you should do a blog, you should do. Um, and then definitely just like everything else. And I know it seems so taboo that we talk about things in our community, but definitely in our community there's so many questions there's so little education right. um that's why i say with the people who i know trust me and know i'm not coming from a place of ill um i tell them and there's so many people because there's a lady um she does fertility for colored girls she just gave birth to identical twin daughters at the age of 50 through IVF she had done IVF a while back with her daughter and she still had some eggs and she transferred eggs she and her husband earlier this year and she just gave birth at like 34 35 weeks to identical twin girls and she's 50 mm -hmm. so um not the most traditional way, but there are so many people having babies later in life and for various reasons. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, wanted to, I, I wanted us to talk about real quick because, you know, mm -hmm. I, I had told you how um, when I turned 40, I went to the um, to my doctor, my OB, mm -hmm. and she basically um, <clears throat> at the time when I asked her about, you know, should I consider freezing my eggs? She basically told me no, because I was already 40. And she was like, you know, basically, my eggs are already old. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but that's what she meant. My eggs are already old, so not it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to freeze them. And you you had a different you had a different perspective on that. And I know you're not a doctor, but I, I would love for you to share your thoughts about that. I am not a doctor, but just a woman, a person with lived experience i i don't mean any harm but how dare she mm -hmm. how dare she um because especially without and it's as simple as a vial of blood that blood gives you a hormone and i'm gonna double back because remember i think i told you i was gonna figure out what that hormone was and let you know but it's as simple as a hormone because they did nothing other than draw my blood when i went in and I saw Dr. Haddad, which is who it was. And he says, you see this number? Your number should be this, but your number is this. And this is how, this is what lets us know your egg reserve is low. Mm. It's low. He didn't say it was depleted, but it was low. And then when it gets this low, the quality of the egg goes down. And so even without that, he was saying your best bet would be to harvest the eggs and they have these tests that they do the ICSI and all these things where they test the eggs and they've got and I mean you know we talk about the celebrities doing it all the time like they can test your eggs down to the point of being able to tell you what color eyes your child will have hair all of that at the point of life fertilization like if yeah. it's a healthy egg unhealthy egg whatever but no you should have you should not have been told it was too late but i am an advocate for like i say those people who trust me or that i feel can be okay i come across people 30 35 who are not married don't have any children are not sure if your insurance covers it or if you can afford it go to your doctor and tell them i want to harvest my eggs why you're young mind your business you are the doctor i am the patient if you can afford it go and have your eggs harvested and have them frozen because mm -hmm. you can be 65 
and come back to those eggs you froze at 33 and they are still the good eggs you had at 33. You cannot go get those eggs at 65 and expect to get the same quality eggs. Mm -hmm. so, and a lot of people are starting careers and doing things and traveling and hanging out and whatever it is that they're doing. But, well, even, I mean, even, but even not, even those are not doing that. I mean, we know that black women have a higher rate of fibroids, endometriosis, absolutely. all of these, these things that are happening gynecologically that impact and we get dismissed and we said we were going to do a whole episode on being dismissed by the, by the medical community because no doctor should ever tell anyone, well, no, you shouldn't do that without having even tested, right. like without having even checked. I mean, I just think that that is, but that's what also happens to us. So it's compounded, as you said, the lack of education um, around the topic, the lack of information Plus, you add the institutional racism that exists in the medical community and how black women are treated. That should have never been said. And regardless of what age you are, you know, because this is happening to women at all ages in their 20s. And they supposed to have it all, have all the fresh eggs. It's happening to them. And you know what? And, and before not to take up, because we only have a few more minutes, but the, set, the the honest part that we have to be honest about ourselves professionally, whatever you do in your professional realm, even as a therapist, if it's not my wheelhouse, it's not my wheelhouse. And I will refer you to someone who is. And just because your GYN is just that your GYN, she's not a fertility specialist. She's not an endocrinologist. So she may not even know that level and i had to learn that i have friends who are in the medical field from nurses to whatever i used to break down things about them about my infertility journey that they had no idea when i was mm -hmm. talking about when the egg is doing this and it attaches to this and they're looking at me like and i'm like but you a nurse so that's not my specialty i'm not a, i'm not a labor and delivery nurse I'm not a GYN nurse. I'm not an OB nurse. So that's foreign to me. I work oncology. Now you want to talk cancer? We can talk cancer. Or you want to talk the blood? So that just may not be her wheelhouse and versus her saying or thinking she may lose a patient or whatever the reason is. Well, let me send you to the specialist to find out. That's, that, that honestly, in my opinion, that was not her place to say, no, you too old. Right. No, ma'am. Especially because you got that good insurance. <laughs> Right. Hey, and if you not, I've been telling everybody. I wish I'd have known then. Go get your job at Starbucks. Starbucks pays for IBM. Oh, yes. That's one thing she told me as you well. Say what you want about Starbucks, baby. Starbucks pays about the reproduction. And then after you have your baby, move to Canada because they give you a year maternal leave. <laughs> and Ireland. Ireland as well. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So. But um, I'm so sorry about the confusion. Thank you, ladies, for having me on. It's just been a whirlwind. I would love to come back, though. I would love to come back and just talk about anything, hot topics, mental health, just life, homecoming, me and Christina, whatever. <laughs> just, I just want to come back. Please let me come back. And just we want just you to come, come, want you to come back. Come I, mean, before, I know you got to jump, but before you jump off, I do want you to, you know, you gave that advice. If you're young, you can afford it. If your insurance pays for it, get your eggs frozen. You know, I think one of the, the other conundrums that we have 
particularly in the black community, I'm going to say is that if you are on a certain journey in life and you're supposed to go to college and, and, and graduate, we're always told how not to get pregnant, but we're never told or, or not to get pregnant. We're never told when to yes. get pregnant. Yes. So what, what is your because you and I had we were talking about that too and you said you know the conversation you had with your mom about getting pregnant uh and, and you weren't if you weren't married and, and her thoughts because that's funny but that's the real like we go so long being told girl you better not how get pregnant not to get not. pregnant nobody yeah. tells you how to get pregnant <sighs> get wait you took a whole deep sigh on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, we know the obvious ways of getting pregnant, but it's 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 definitely a journey. It's definitely a journey. Um, making sure you get yourself to the healthiest point that you can be. You're never going to be healthy enough. There's never going to really be a good time financially, things like that. Now, granted, you just got evicted. You pillar the post. We all know that's a obviously not a good time, but the world is going to keep happening. The world is going to keep happening. Um, if you know that you want a baby, you know you want to get pregnant, there's so many avenues, so many ways out there. You have surrogacy. Like I said, I have a friend. She's a fetal maternal doctor, and she ended up using donor eggs, and she has fraternal twins now. Um, so it's just everybody's journey is different. Just know your journey, be intentional about what your journey is and just have some grace and some patience with yourself. And everybody can't be on the journey with you, not on purpose. And it's just some of it comes from just lack of education, lack of knowledge, just pure ignorance as it does with a lot of things. And um, but just just getting pregnant, just know what you want. Be intentional about what it is that you want. Take care of your body. Mm -hmm. Like my, my my aunt used to say, take care of your gap goodie. You got to take care of her. Because I mean, it's just it's just so many different things that go with that. From your mental health to your physical health, just taking care of yourself and just go from there. But if anybody has any questions, would like to reach out need me to help them do some research research to find things in that area what they're looking for who they're looking for how they're looking for i'm here to try to help you do that help you break down these fertility cycles when you're ovulating when your cycle coming again you may have a 21 day cycle you may have a 28 day cycle when it's five weeks in a month makes a difference five sundays in a month make a difference all of it all that all that makes a difference. So well, how can people find you on social media? What's the, what's the best handle? My IG handle is Eric's Queen, E-R-I-C-C-T-S Queen. Um, okay, E-R-I-C-C-T-S Queen. Yes. All right. Uh, um, on Facebook is Kaya Hamilton Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can put in my name on Instagram. It should come up as well. And then my, um, Email address is Kaya underscore Hamilton at yahoo.com. Okay. I'm putting and then it all just reach out to Christina. Christina know how to find me. Christina knows how to find me. She will always know how to find me. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, Kaya, we will definitely have you back. Uh, folks, thank you for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate you being involved in the conversation um and 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 listening to this powerful story we want to normalize this conversation i know someone right now who has struggled 
and who had to watch their baby sister have a baby before them who is now pregnant. And I'm just so happy and ecstatic for her and her husband because it has been a journey. I'm not saying their name because I don't know if they told the world yet. They told me right. keep, it, <laughs> keep it to myself right there. But I know that more conversations like this need to be had. The support system, get, get connected to someone who can help you in this journey because you don't have to do it by yourself. You do not. You do not. You do not. They have support systems everywhere. Everywhere. They they have I, I was a part of a group just to tell you men is a support group, mothers enduring neonatal neonatal death. I didn't attend the groups as often because there was always a new mother and that was a sad situation, but I'm still there. If you ever see me at my pictures, I never take these bracelets off. And the purple one is for men. When it mm. runs out, I call them and contact them and get some more. My husband and I both, I never take my men bracelets off. I wear them all the time. Mm. So, um, yeah, so just very good topic. But if anyone needs me, would like to reach out to me, please do not hesitate to do so. And thank you, ladies, again for having me on. All right. Well, let's say good night to everybody. Good night. Good night.